Welcome to Conversations with the Best Minds in Real Estate, a podcast hosted by RCL Code, the show that brings you illuminating interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders throughout all corners of the real estate sector. Each episode will feature different masters in real estate, revealing challenging lessons they've learned, their secrets to success, and opinions regarding the state of the market. Hello, this is Charlie Hewlett, a Managing Director with RCLCO Real Estate Advisors. If you're a regular listener to our podcast, then you know that since 1967, RCLCO has been the first call for real estate developers, investors, and the public sector, as well as non-real estate companies seeking strategic and tactical advice regarding property investment, planning, and development. Welcome to the latest episode of Conversations with the Best Minds in Real Estate. Today, I'm talking with Lily Dunn, Chief Executive Officer and President of Bell Partners. As I'm sure most of our listeners know, Bell Partners is a privately held, vertically integrated apartment investment and management company. The company currently manages over 70,000 apartment homes across the country, has about 1,700 associates, uh, working out of 11 offices. Since 2002, Bell Partners has completed over 22 billion, with a B, of apartment transactions, and the company just closed on its latest core fund with 930 million in equity commitments. So congratulations on that, Lily. Lily joined Bell in 2010 as the Chief Investment Officer. In 2016, she assumed the role of President, and just this month, still March, yes, was named CEO. Lily, congratulations and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Charlie. I appreciate the opportunity. Tell me what I missed in the introduction. Tell the audience about your professional career in real estate, also where you spend your time outside of Bell. Sure. Over the last 30 years, I've really only had three jobs, so hopefully this is pretty easy. After I graduated from the University of Michigan, go blue, by the way, I joined Richard Ellis, who was a pension fund advisor at the time, just before the market collapsed in 1990, so great timing. (laughs) From there, I joined Trammell Crow Residential, which at the time was a decentralized development company. TCR later evolved into Avalon and then Avalon Bay, which I consider a best-in-class apartment REIT. And I was there for 20 years. And now I've been with Bell Partners for almost 12 years. It's hard to believe. Each experience was very different and helped me to grow as a leader. Outside of my work at Bell Partners, I think it's important to take time to pay it forward by helping those in need and supporting those who are trying to make a difference. So I'm quite involved with real estate organizations such as National Multi-Housing Council, AFIRE, CREA, ULI, Charlie, where I saw you last week, and giving back to the industry and also learning from my colleagues. I'm also involved with community organizations such as the Rose Foundation and Bright Beginnings, which helps families in poverty. Well, excellent. So three jobs. So you've had one more than I have. So I know that (laughs) we're sort of the odd birds out there, but uh, that's that's great. I love origin stories in the real estate industry. So tell me what got you interested in real estate? Well, I grew up in the real estate industry, so I didn't really have a choice, (laughs) but I had a choice to continue with it. My father was a developer and broker of residential real estate in upstate New York. I remember as a very young child, my dad taking detours to visit properties on the way to dinner or a family event. And, you know, most kids would be super annoyed by this, but from an early age, I loved the business. And I started helping in his office when I was 13 years old. 
In college, I sold houses, I leased apartments, and then I created my own market survey company, which I later sold when I graduated. Wow, that's pretty impressive. You have a busy family life too, I understand it. Uh, my, my understanding is that you could field an entire basketball squad. Five boys, is that right? <laughs> yes. I have an incredible husband and five wonderful boys between the ages of 18 and 25. Life is certainly never boring in our family, and I have developed a high threshold for stress. But despite the craziness, I am happiest when we're all together, most of the time, not all the time. By the way, several of them are looking for jobs in the real estate industry, so feel free to reach out to me if you know of any openings. I know it's shameless, but I I figured I'd use this airtime. No, use the network. I like that. Very good. (laughs) I'm not saying that you're old, but you have seen a few cycles, like I have. Tell the audience, what are some of the big changes that you've seen over your career, and what have you learned from your three careers? From the three careers? Well... Maybe starting with the three careers first, because each one was so different. Although the first career was the shortest, I got hired and laid off within the same year at Richard Ellis. And I learned the hard way that the market can change very quickly. And many times you don't see it coming. It's important to be prepared and quickly adjust to weather the storm. And unfortunately, I was one of those casualties of the storm and was laid off in 1990, as many people were, and 95% of the team at Richard Ellis was laid off across the United States. And I know it was a really difficult decision for the partners, and it was a tough life lesson for me personally. However, unlike most companies, the partners went to incredible lengths to place each associate. Brad Olson, who was one of the partners at the time, took the time to provide me the introduction to TCR. And so I learned that although you may need to make some difficult decisions as a leader, we still have a responsibility to take care of our team. And although it seemed like a simple act to Brad, probably at the time, because he took the time to open an important door for me, it changed my life. Secondly, at Trammell Crow, which is now Avalon Bay, it was such a special place and still is. Dick Michaud, who I know you know, uh, Charlie as well, assembled an incredible team of very intelligent and motivated people, each with a very different perspective and skill set. And so I learned the importance of hiring great people, encouraging respectful debate, and pursuing excellence in all that you do. I also learned the importance of strategic planning, as you know, because we've worked together a lot, delivering on your promises, particularly as a public company and taking thoughtful risks to innovate and evolve. So together, we built a sustainable, scalable company that was $300 million at the IPO. And when I left in 2010, it was about $17 billion. It was just an incredible journey and a wonderful experience. And to this day, I remain close friends with many of the team members there. And so now at Bell Partners, as I mentioned, it's hard to believe I've been here for almost 12 years. I don't know how the time goes by so quickly. When I joined the company, it was already very successful. It was largely focused on the Southeast and most of the capitals from high net worth investors. And today we manage over 70,000 apartments, as you mentioned, across the country for clients and investors representing institutional capital from around the world. And at Bell, I have learned the importance of culture and relationships, as well as defining and living your company's purpose and core values. And never has it been more important, particularly than the last few years, as we face so many difficult challenges. You're one of those interesting animals that's been on the private sector and the public (laughs) sector. Yeah, public sector and then back to the private. I mean, I'd just be curious, 
What is your perspective on public versus private? I'm sure it's pros and cons, not good or bad. Yeah. Well, there are pros and cons of both. And I think neither is necessarily better or worse. We all have to report into somebody. Your capital may be from the public markets or it may be from private investors that can take many shapes, such as high net worth investors or institutional global capital. But ultimately, in the end, you need to make sure that you deliver on your promises, that you're grateful for your relationships, and you have to outperform, regardless of where the capital source is coming from. So no greater scrutiny than quarterly earnings calls. Your investors are just as demanding. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yes, always. And you need to walk your talk and you need to date who you're serving. And that includes our residents, our teammates, our investors, our clients, and have thoughtful, strategic plans and stay focused. But yet still be able to adjust when there are curveballs. So you may need to adjust your tactics, but stay focused on your strategy. So the last couple of years have been challenging. I think Dr. Anthony Fauci was in the news just yesterday saying that we are now past the explosive pandemic phase in the United States, although he was clear to make sure that everyone understood that the pandemic is not over. So fingers crossed. When, when you reflect back on the past couple of years, what are some of the lessons learned? Never can I remember a time in my career anyway when we face so many challenges all at once, health challenges, social challenges, political, economic uncertainties. It's really tough. And I would say it's still tough, just different. Um, And there's different things going on now. But clearly, we saw the resiliency of the apartment market. We may have all been in the same storm, but we were not in the same boat. So this was also a great opportunity to differentiate ourselves. Companies with a long-term perspective, thoughtful strategic plans, and most importantly, a strong culture and deep relationships were able to withstand the market shock and, as I mentioned, differentiate themselves. It's easy to look good when the wind's behind your back, but it's during the uncertain and challenging times when our character and our strength are tested. And I hope going through all of this, We don't forget some of the lessons that we learned. And for me personally, it really hit home to just remember to prioritize your family and your friends and be present with them. Protect your health. If you don't have your health, a lot of other things quickly fall by the wayside. And don't wait too long for something you really want to do. And I would say lastly, to take time to celebrate and enjoy the moment. In a blink, as we have all seen, life can quickly change. Yeah. So you and I took our first maskless yes. flights in the last you know week or 10 days, although I was still wearing a mask. I was I, too. I, admit, I was yeah. too. Yeah. Are we experiencing the new post-COVID normal now, or do you think things are going to continue to evolve and change? I don't know what really normal is anymore. I do think that they always continue to evolve and change. And it just, I don't think we're out of the woods as far as the health issues. I think we need to be careful and make decisions that work for us personally and for the companies that you're working in. So I think that there's always something and there's always certain challenges that are happening. And it's important to remember what matters to be able to adjust as you see opportunities and challenges. As you look forward, you mentioned the wind has been at at our backs in the apartment industry in in particular. Do you think that that is going to be the case for the next three to five years? I know it's hard to think much beyond that. Well, it's certainly been an interesting few years between the shock a few years ago, as you mentioned, and then the incredible acceleration the spring of 2020. 
And now we do see some storm clouds on the horizon. And I'm hoping, as I heard you say, we're going to have a soft landing, right, Charlie? So hopefully I can, (laughs) but really, who knows? We're all watching and looking for some uh, transparency and visibility, but there's certainly volatility, which I'm happy to speak about. But I do think that things have really changed. And some of this was already in progress before the last couple of years. Clearly, the need to invest deeply in technology and artificial intelligence, particularly around the customer experience, being very focused on data analytics, not only what's externally available, but taking advantage of your own data within the company. I know we put a lot of effort and time and money into our dashboards so that we can quickly identify trends and adjust tactics as needed. We continue to embrace ESG when this is something that we have for years and has become um, an area of focus, I think, for the industry. And also adapt more flexibility into the work environment. So I think some of these trends started before the pandemic will probably be challenged and changed given the current environment but I think we'll stay with us for a while. I think we'll look back and remember the pandemic as the great accelerator yeah. of some of those some of those trends for sure. All right, well, so those are some of the things that, that you think are likely to affect us going forward in terms of big trends and artificial intelligence and, and so on and so forth. What is it that keeps you up at night? What concerns do you have and how are you at Bell prepared to deal with those challenges? Well, I would tell you my kids keep me up at night. <laughs> <laughs> And just because they're older doesn't mean that it gets easier, as evidenced by finding out last evening that my son completely blew out his knee in a, in a recent ski accident. So, But besides that, focusing on the business side, as I mentioned, I would say first the, the volatility and still the lack of visibility now stemming from geopolitical events rising inflation, labor shortages, which I'll I'll circle back on, the ongoing health situation, we're not completely out of the woods yet. So it's really important as these conditions change that we continue to adjust and minimize disruptions so that we can also continue to outperform. Staffing certainly is an issue. Um, I know we had talked about it recently, Charlie, when we were together. Like a lot of businesses right now, we're experiencing a labor shortage and we've had to get creative. So we're very focused, and I'm very particularly passionate about it, is creating and fostering this special culture that we have and attracting and retaining our strong teams. Also, because of the labor shortage, we're all very focused on trying to avoid burnout of our great teams. So it's so important that we make sure that they stay focused on what really matters and simplify our efforts by looking for efficiencies and take time to rest and recharge. Interest rates is also obviously top of mind, which affects apartments, and we're all watching. Eventually, rising interest rates would affect pricing, but cap rates tend to be sticky, as you know, Charlie and I have studied it. But eventually, if there's a prolonged material change in rates, I would expect pricing to adjust. But besides that, nothing else is on my mind. (laughs) Yeah, sure. No, just that's it. I sleep like a baby. I just want everybody to be happy. I also have enjoyed our time both at Avalon Bay and at Bell uh, doing strategic planning with you and and your compatriots there. I'd love to hear about the evolution of Bell and and the role of strategic planning in your organization. Sure. You have been a great advisor. Thank you through this process. And I've appreciated your friendship and advice 
for about 20 years, Charlie. So thank you. Mutual admiration club here. Let's just keep talking about that, shall we? Uh, When I joined Bell in 2010, as I mentioned, it was already a very well-established, successful company. And at the time, Bell was largely focused in the Southeast and Texas, and the majority of capital was from high net worth clients and institutional joint ventures. So our transformation over time was part of a deliberate strategic plan, which I know is probably music to your ears, Charlie. First, (laughs) with a great team and with your help and others, we created a strategic plan which addressed objectives for growth, profitability, efficiency, capital, as well as how we enhance the platform and organizational goals. We wanted to create a sustainable, scalable company that could outperform during a full cycle through the ups and the downs like we have just been through. As you know, the foundation of any strategic plan is its culture. It's the glue. And so we tried to balance who we wanted to be and where we wanted to go, but not forget who we are and what makes us special, our core competencies. So as part of this comprehensive plan, we carefully defined and communicated our purpose, our mission, and our core values. And the purpose, as you know, is where you're going. The mission is how you're going to get there. And the values determine the behaviors you'll use. And then we created annual tactical targets, which is part of everyone's bonus each year to ensure that we're aligned. But in breaking down that strategic plan, we had to be very careful about the rate of change so we didn't overwhelm the organization or create an environment that didn't allow for opportunity and adjustment along the way. And next, we had to make sure we had the right people in the right spots, which is not so easy. A company's success is dependent on its team. It's incredibly rewarding to see people spread their wings and shine at the same time. Sometimes people are over their skis and they couldn't change and we had to make some difficult decisions. But I'm so proud of the continued evolution of the company. Today, we have deepened and broadened our talent and refined our processes to enhance expertise in areas such as marketing, branding, data analytics, asset management, construction, risk management. We expanded our geographic footprint across the U.S. to carefully target the larger markets beyond the Southeast. We've widened our product focus to now have core value-add and opportunistic assets, and we've broadened our capital base and client base by attracting institutional funds, separate accounts, and clients from around the world. So very exciting and looking forward to the next phase of our strategic plan where we'll start focusing on that over the next few months. It's been deliberate and you spend a lot of time checking yourself and decisions you make against the strategic plan. It doesn't sound like it's just sitting on a shelf. So living and breathing kind of document. Exactly. It is not one and done. And it's really important to make sure we stay focused, but remain flexible for opportunities and pivot when we need to for challenges, but remember what we're trying to accomplish and our core competencies. And as I said, we break them down every year into the tactical targets and really important to make sure that we do checkups along the way to make sure we stay focused. Yep. You're a newly minted CEO of a company that's been run by family for 45 years. How did that happen? Yeah. 
<laughs> I know you don't sound so shocked, Charlie. I'm uh, grateful and honored to have this opportunity at Bell Partners. The organizational changes were part of a deliberate, thoughtful succession plan and a testament to meritocracy. As you know, my last name is not Bell. We are fortunate to have a long history of 45 years of success while having a broad and seasoned team that will help continue the company's track record of outperformance going forward. But to have a successful transition, it took a lot of trust, also an alignment on strategic goals and values, and the ability to disagree with each other, but ultimately be empowered. So I'm very grateful and excited about our future ahead. As you reflect back on your life and your career, who are the people, possibly the resources that have been most valuable to you over the the course of your career? I would say that there have been a lot of great influences, both professionally and personally. The first person that comes to mind is Dick Michaud, who uh, is the former chairman of Avalon Bay. He built a great team of people, as I mentioned, that had different perspectives, experiences, and skills, and empowered us to build a flagship company. He encouraged me to strive for continuous improvement and excellence while always upholding my values. He believed in meritocracy, still does, and rewarded our accomplishments. And he had a great ability and still does to have this quiet power and ability to lead without overwhelming and listen and advise without telling. I'm still working on that part. (laughs) He steered us in the right direction, but always just supported our journey and celebrated our success. And even after 25 years, Dick Michaud continues to be a close friend and personal and professional life mentor to me. Another person I'll mention is a gentleman named Sean Clancy. I hired him out of business school when he worked with me at Avalon Bay for five years. Sean was a very bright positive, hardworking, driven individual. And he had amazing future ahead of him. And unfortunately, he was diagnosed with leukemia at an early age. And he fought very, very hard, but eventually lost his struggle. His death was a tragedy. I still have his picture on my credenza to remind me. His funeral was packed with people. And during the eulogy, his father spoke about his life and specifically mentioned how much Sean loved working at Avalon Bay and the effect it had on him. And it made me realize and truly appreciate the incredible responsibility we have to each other and to take care of our team. It's not just a job, what we do, it's part of who we are. And I never forget that life lesson. And so it is so important to me to make sure that we serve and to support one another. That's a very powerful story. Thank you for sharing that. As I know you do as a CEO, provide advice for young people interested in uh, in real estate. What advice do you have for them? I would say five things. Number one is make a difference. So by that, take initiative, be resourceful, take a risk. Don't give up. Secondly, build on your strengths. Nobody's good at everything. So follow your natural passion and curiosity. Present company accepted, of course. <laughs> Third is pursue excellence, not perfection. Perfect is not a thing I've learned. Approach your challenges as an opportunity to learn and improve. And next is look forward. The things that got you to where you are today may not be the things that's going to get you to where you're going to need to be in several years. So be flexible, innovate, embrace this growth mindset. And lastly, protect your character. 
So stay positive, build trust, really hard to build, really easy to lose, and don't compromise your integrity. Wow. Five things. I like that. I think there, there may be a book in your future. <laughs> Write those down. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm encouraged with an adult daughter that the industry is changing and, and a lot more women and yeah. like yourself in important positions in real estate, but any particular advice uh, for, for women interested in the real estate industry? Great question. And I'm proud at Bell Partners that about 55% of our leadership team, so all vice presidents and above are women. It's really rewarding to be involved with many different mentorship programs in the industry as well to help those that are looking to continue to grow in their career. So some advice I would say as a woman is to make sure that you surround yourself with a good support system. So choose your work and your children's activities if you have kids very carefully. You can't do it all. Prioritize which child events you're going to attend and protect that time in your schedule. And you know, there's always more work, but missing an important event may not be easily forgotten by your child. And make sure that you prioritize your work initiative, again, by focusing on what moves the needle. And I would also say, give yourself a break. Don't sweat the small stuff. You can't do everything. A lot of times your kids aren't going to remember who actually did the grocery shopping, but they will remember having a meal together. And so take time to be present and enjoy the journey. Great advice. Someone once told me early in, in the, my life that stuck with me is that you'll, you'll never regret spending more time with your yep. family. Yep. Sometimes it's hard to do. Well, again, newly minted CEO, so maybe too soon to ask, but <laughs> what's next for you? Like, what are you focused on going forward? Well, I hope I don't mess it up because we have a good thing going. <laughs> but I, and in all seriousness, first and foremost, I'm focused on supporting our company's purpose, which is to create communities our residents are proud to call home. Wow. I mean, what, a, what an incredible purpose is we affect people's lives and we want to be a company that's sustainable and scalable so that we can outperform for our residents, our partners and our clients and for each other. Secondly, as, as I mentioned this before, is fostering our special culture and focusing on talent management is so important to me. I spent a lot of my time on initiatives related to attracting, developing, and retaining our teams, as well as creating intentional acts to be together so that we can show that we care about each other, innovate, and produce great results and create an environment where everyone feels that they're included and they're inspired to contribute to their highest potential and make a difference. I also spent a lot of time making sure we stay focused and the teams are aligned on these goals that we were talking about and giving them the resources they need, which includes technology and data analytics so that we can continue to outperform. And then lastly, I spend a lot of time with our partners and clients so that we can maintain these strong relationships, provide transparency, and hear their insights um, on how we can continue to improve and enhance what we do, which I'd like to say, hopefully we do very well, but still strive for continuous improvement. Marvelous. Well, we wish you the best of luck yeah. <laughs> in, in your, your new chair, and we will check in again with you and, and see how things are progressing. So. Thank you for spending some time with us. It's It's been uh, my pleasure today to have a conversation with Lily Dunn, CEO of Bell Partners. Thank you, Charlie. So Appreciate it. Have a great day. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Conversations with the Best Minds in Real Estate, hosted by RCL Co. 
If you're interested in learning more about RCLCO, go to rclco.com and follow us on Twitter at RCLCO. Don't forget to subscribe to new episodes of the podcast and make sure to leave us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for tuning into the show.